I'm Lee. Uh, I met most, if not all of you. Welcome. Welcome our uh, church online. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, man, too bad you couldn't be here today. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, uh, glad that you're with us, though, virtually. So, um, hey, uh, let's go ahead and put our mission statement up. Say it together. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. That's what this church is all about, man. We're, we're a church on mission, and uh, I just love it. I love being a part of this church. Listen, we still have a vision. We still have a mission. We're still, we're still in this, you know, in the kingdom. And uh, it doesn't matter. You know, when you're part of the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter what, you know, what's happening in the earthly kingdom. Like, it doesn't matter. We're, st- we're, we're part of the kingdom of God. We're a part of a, of a realm and a rule and a reign that it, it never ends, you know. And so uh, at no point during 2020 did God ever wring his hands. Did God ever lose sleep? Our father never kind of went, what are we going to do? Uh, he, in fact, the father is still going, hey, expand grow, keep reaching, keep telling people about Jesus, keep drawing people into the kingdom. And so, you know, we have a God, this God that's all, read through scripture, it's this, it's vision. God is always going to looking forward and going, hey, uh, let's, let's storm hell, hell with a water pistol together, you know. And so today what we're doing is we are launching a new four-part series, and uh, we're, the best way that I can describe this four-part series is that we are setting the foundation for the life you've always wanted. All right, that's kind of the best way to describe it. And uh, it's I know that sounds very like it's going to sound a little self-helpy. And part of this series, I'll be honest with you, a whole lot of like my life coaching is coming out. Um, but I want you to to stay with me. I want you to walk through it with me because. It, this series has the, just the potential to be incredibly transformational for you and, uh, and for all of us. And so, I don't know about you, have you ever felt like you just kind of needed like a reboot? Can we reboot? Usually that happens to me right around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I have gotten astonishingly little done today. I have, you know, done this or was distracted by that or wasn't kind to this person. And I just go, I just need a reboot. You know, and sometimes we feel that way about our lives, about a reboot. And one of the things that I love about Jesus' words in John 10.10 is it clearly defines a life led by Christ, right? And a life that's been left to ravage by the enemy, right? And so he kind of, he breaks it down and, you know, because he says, what? What happens? The enemy destroys, right? So the thief comes to kill and steal and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life abundantly, right? So that's what Christ comes to do. And so he lays it out. He says, look, you, if, if you follow me, right? Surrender your life to me. Guess what you're going to experience? Life abundantly, right? Drift. Here's the thing about our lives. I want you to understand this. Is that uh, we have intentionality and we have drifting, Right? And drifting, basically, I mean, you might, it, it's like just leaving, it's like wearing a t-shirt that says, okay, Satan, just do whatever you want. 
drifting and living unintentionally because people drift into chaos. They drift into complexity. They drift into addiction. They drift into whatever will make them feel better, right? But intentionality is something completely different. And when we intentionally follow Jesus and, and partner with him to plan our lives, we experience life abundantly. Christ comes to bring life abundantly. The Greek word that Jesus used here when he said, I come to give you life abundantly, is a, is a Greek word called parasos, and it means beyond measure, right? It means superior. It means way, way more than enough. And so this is, these are the words that Jesus are, is, is using. And, and so let me just stop real quick, because a lot of times you talk about life abundantly, and our American minds drift into, and they, 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 they go defining abundant life as financial prosperity. Right? American minds. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to pause for a moment, because there's a lot of rich people out there not living abundant lives. A lot of rich people not living abundant lives. And so I just want to ask you a couple questions. As we move into this idea of life abundantly, is everybody awake? Everybody with me? Okay. As we move into this life abundantly, we talk about this. I want to ask you a couple questions. There is a, there's a remote tribe in uh, of the tribes of Marquesas, and they have been untouched by the trappings of the world. If you went there today, you would see that, I mean, they're, they're wearing palm, brand, palm leaves. They're, you know, they don't know what a telephone is. They don't know what the internet is. They've been completely untouched by the rest of the world. If you were to ask one of them, what does abundant life mean to you? What do you think they'd say? How do you think that they would answer the question, what is abundant life? If you were to head over to Ireland and talk to a farmer, which I've talked to farmers there in Ireland before, and you were to ask them, what does abundant life mean to you? What do you think that an Irish farmer would say abundant life means? Okay? If you were to talk to a great-grandfather in Israel and you were to ask him, hey, what does abundant life mean to you? How do you think that that great-grandfather would answer the question, what is abundant life? And I'm asking these questions because I want you to stretch beyond our American, abundant life means I have a new car. I have a fat wallet. Because that is not it. Now, I'm not saying that life abundantly has nothing to do with your financial position. I'm not saying that. But if your vision of what Christ is offering stops there, it's not life abundantly. Okay? And so stay with me. Stay with me. Uh, I remember a, a time in my life when I would kind of humbly, I grew up, here in the Midwest, I grew up in Wisconsin in a factory town. We had American Motors, which became Chrysler. And that was, that was the area where I grew up in. And most of us in that area, and I'm sure a lot of people that you know here, working at John Deere and all these places, we would say, I just want enough to get by. You know? And that was sort of like almost sort of a humble badge of honor to say that. I just, you know, I just want to get by. I just want enough to get by. I want a good job, maybe raise a family. Play it by ear, enjoy each day as it comes, right? And that sounds admirable. It does. That really does sound admirable. Um, but that kind of like lazy river, take it easy mentality, if you follow that long enough, it will lead to horrible frustration. Horrible frustration. Uh, because the life that you've always wanted does not happen 
without planning and intention. I even just saying these words, like, like I can feel the boredom hormone start to circulate in your brain. Planning and intention. <sighs> Bring the worship team back up. Um, <laughs> you haven't approved her application for camp yet, have you? <laughs> right? And so, uh, I, let me just give you an example. One of the worst wedding anniversary experiences ever was our second wedding anniversary. Second week. Sec our first wedding anniversary was awesome. But on our second wedding anniversary, I was charged with planning what we would do. Okay? And I agreed to plan the getaway. We lived in Denver at the time. And you have to understand something about Denver is Denver... Anything that you want to do is there and readily available to you. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful place that way. It's a big city, all the amenities. And so my plan was to take Wendy to a nearby nice restaurant without having made a reservation. And then after we ate, we were going to head up to the foothills and we're going to drop in on one of the many bed and breakfasts that you see along the highway when you go without a reservation. And, uh, you know, mellow it out, dude. Just play it by ear. Just take an organic approach to this. We don't need to freak out. Just relax, right? And we ended up eating at Chili's. Uh, <laughs> and we got a, a room in a bed and breakfast in the foothills with an incredible view of the dumpster and the HVAC unit, and could not see anything beyond that. And uh, I spent most of the night on the toilet, <laughs> thanks to Chili's. Um, and it is, uh, needless to say, it was not the amazing getaway that I just thought we would roll it out and have a good time, right? Uh, it was a thorough disappointment. And so... Um, all I remember is just, uh, you know, <laughs> it's going to get really graphic. I just, I just remember sitting on the toilet with the door open, talking to Wendy, while she sat on the bed, browsing through a magazine, trying to keep her seething level down. And so it was, uh, it was, it was, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Right? Ah, but, you know, Proverbs 21.5 says, Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, right? Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. You could, add, you could apply that to just about anything. Good planning and hard work really would have led to a much better anniversary. In fact, the year before on our first anniversary, Wendy was in charge of that, and she planned it, and she worked hard, and it was amazing. It was amazing. It was probably one of our best anniversaries, except for, I don't know, number five was pretty good, too. I'm pretty sure that's where Hudson was conceived. But uh, that was just an amazing anniversary. Maybe Cole. Maybe Cole. Cole. So anyway, I'm just saying it was a great anniversary. Good planning. Hard work. They lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. 
And so, uh, listen, I didn't want to be bothered with the sitting down and the making the phone calls. I didn't want to be bothered. I didn't want to have to pull out a notebook and a pen. I didn't want to be bothered with that stuff because, hey, you know what? Good things just happened to me, and I'm just gonna, we're just going to roll along. And, you know, doing all the before work, I, you know, not doing that, I really paid the price. I really paid the price. But you know what? I don't, and I don't know if you've ever experienced, I'm sure all, none of you have ever experienced anything like that before where your expectations were let down because you didn't work. Um, <laughs> but uh, it does sound a lot like life sometimes. It does sound a lot like life sometimes. We kind of expect good things to happen. We expect a good job to come along. Sometimes we, I, I remember being young, much younger, like in my early 20s, you know, putting things on a credit card because I thought life could only get better. I could only make more money from here, you know. Think about that for a second. And so, you know, but with life, the months and the years go by with all of our best intentions, all of our best intentions. We all mean to live a life abundantly, but we have no real concrete plan behind our intentions. And now what happens is we watch other people live abundantly while we're kind of left with our hopes and our dreams, Right? Our hopes that we all, all of us here have just stacks of hopes and dreams. I remember uh, when I was younger, something that uh, my mother used to say uh, when I was a kid and I would ask for something, and she'd say, we can't afford it. And I'd say, oh, we can't afford it. And she'd say, yeah, you know what, maybe when our ship comes in. And so we all kind of like hope that someday our ship will come in. And I just, I hate to burst your bubble, your ship's not coming in. It's not coming in. You, you're going to probably have to swim out to your ship, and it's going to be hard, and you're going to have to plan it, but your ship's not just going to come in, okay? I know one guy, literally, his life plan was to play the lottery. Eventually, I got to win eventually. Mm, he never won, okay? Just spoiler alert, 30 years later, he still hasn't won. And so if, if it sounds like you, like you've kind of like, you've got a lot of hopes and wishes, but you also have a lot of frustrations. You have uh, a lot of sort of unfulfilled aspirations. You don't feel like you're, you're, you know, that whole life abundantly thing. That's been pretty elusive to you most of your life, okay? Maybe you've seen other people, you know, walk in it, but you haven't. Or maybe you uh, have the same issues that you always go around, you know? You ever feel like sometimes you're on a merry-go-round? How did we get here again? How did we get here again, you know? And so if that's you, man, it's, it's time for a reboot, right? It's time to awaken to God's vision of life abundantly for your life and to start living it. And so that's what we're going to talk. That's what we're going to talk about. That is what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. And I'm telling you, there's some really, really, there's stuff in here that people pay tens of thousands of dollars to learn. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, so hopefully you guys will walk through this with me. And I just want, I hope it just brings transformation to your life. But real quick, let's pray. God, I love you so much, and we praise you. Lord, you are such a wonderful God. And Lord, I thank you that you have our best interest at heart. Uh, but Lord, you also partner with us. And so we want to partner with you in walking in the abundant life that Jesus calls us to, that Jesus promised us. If we, if we follow him, that does, that's what you came to give. And so, uh, Lord, make your words come alive in us today and bring transformation in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I want to start off by reading uh, Psalm chapter uh, 90, verse 12. And I've read it here before, and it's kind of a familiar passage, but it says, 
Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Teach us to realize, in other words, what the psalmist is saying, God, help us to understand how incredibly short life is. How incredibly short life is. And you know what? I just had my 50th birthday last week. Can I just tell you, I just had my 25th. Where did 50 come from? Like, it happened so fast. My youngest son will be 18 in three months. What the? Two, oh, he's got two months. You don't have to be impatient. Just let it come. Let it come. Let it come. All right? It's, it's unbelievable how, how fast time flies. It's unbelievable. And so I want you to remember this, if you remember one thing, and that's that a vision for your life begins with the end of it. A vision for your life begins. Because you know what? The end is going to be here soon. The end is going to be here before you know it. A vision for your life begins with the end of it. And what am I, I mean? See, the psalmist got it. Life is short, right? Life is short. The months and the years, they go by in the blink of an eye. Do you know how many little house repairs that I said I would fix four years ago? You know what I'm saying? It goes by fast, doesn't it? It's like we, we've got this little space. I think it's, uh, I think it's where one of the vents uh, from the house go through the roof. And we're kind of the flashing around the vent. And I think we just got a little spot where some water is getting in. And I, I have been meaning to patch that for years. Years. And, and Wendy always reminds me. She'll bring something out of... <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting eye scolded by Stephen. <laughs> you know, she'll remind She'll pull something out of the crawl space that's like got water stains on it from the leaks. And she'll go, it's, so, it's, it's getting so bad. And I'm like... I keep forgetting and now it's winter and I don't want to get up there now you know and so it's like time goes by so fast the years and the months then bam and if you want to experience fulfillment and abundance you have to have a vision for a life of fulfillment and abundance you have to have a vision for one and, and kind of I'm going to talk about that today and I'm not I'm, I'm not just talking about because I'm not talking about you have to have a daydream for an abundant life I'm not saying you have to have a wish I'm not even saying you have to have a pretty good mental picture of what that looks like for you. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying a written, concrete vision. A written, concrete... I know that sounds like homework to some of you guys. You're like, what? You want me to write crap? No. Listen, it's, you, it's, there's something that happens in your brain that activates motion when you take a pen and you write something down. Some, I don't even know. I don't even know why. But you have a much better chance of fulfilling that vision if you write it down. And so by the end of this series, my hope for all of you is that you have a written vision, purpose, mission, and some goals. That's my hope, is that the, you have this written in concrete, not just up here. It's not enough, okay? When we started Mercy Vineyard, Wendy and I sat down. I remember we sat down. I remember where we were. We were in Urbana. We were at the Urbana vi uh, Vineyard. And we had a legal sheet of paper. And we sat down. And we, sa and we just said, what, what kind of people do we want to reach? And we wrote that down. And what kind of midweek you know, things do we want to do? We wrote that, that down. How many teams should we have? We, we wrote down in, in like just, you might even think, unnecessary detail. 
what the church, what we wanted the church to look like and be like and sound like and all those things. We wrote it down. We had a, a written vision. Why do you think we say our vision every week? You know, which our vision is also our mission because they go together, right? And it's to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God because that's what we're all about. That's what we're all about. Okay, we're not just circling the wagons. And so we wrote all this down. And I'm not saying that everything that we wrote down came to pass because it didn't. Okay? Not everything we wrote down came to pass. But I'm convinced that we wouldn't even have a church today here in existence if we had not taken the time to sit down and write it out and think about what we wanted to see God do in the neighborhood and what we wanted to see this church look like. Okay? We probably wouldn't have a church today. We probably would have folded. Okay? And so sometimes just doing that is so powerful. Take a few minutes and imagine that you're at your own funeral. Because remember I talked about it. It begins with the end. It begins with the end. And imagine that you're at your own funeral. There you are, laying there in, in the casket. And it's all super varnished and pillowy around you. And you look weird and lifeless. And <laughs> funerals are always sort of strange for me because... I'm used to seeing life and breathing and, you know, something. And when you see, you know, someone in their casket, I'm always like, that's just so strange and unnerving to me. I remember the first time, like, uh, I know I've said this before, but uh, when we took Forrest to uh, Ian's grandfather's funeral in Connecticut, and we were in, in the funeral home, and there were lots of people kind of milling around and all this stuff. And Forrest was what? Four? Five? <laughs> Four or five, okay? And so we're at the, in the funeral home, and I've got Forrest kind of on my hip because I, you know, I didn't want him to run away. There were so many people there, and, and Forrest was a runner. <laughs> and <laughs> he was a runner, I'm just saying. And so I had him on my hip, and Forrest is like, what, what are we doing here? And I didn't know how to explain it to him. He was so young, and I said, well, Ian's grandpa went to heaven. And Forrest just went, he's looking around the room, and he goes, this is heaven? <laughs> and, so, and so imagine it's your funeral, and you get to attend it. You get to attend your own funeral. And, you know, uh, and, and what would you want, you know, to be said about you, Right? What would you want to be said about you at your funeral? You know, would it be that, oh, he, you know, he or she raised a family to love Jesus? Would you want that to be said about you at your funeral? Or would it be that, you know, you helped others live the life that God has for them? Is that what you would want to be said at your funeral? Would it be that, you know, you, you walked with so much joy that others were just filled with joy being around you? What would you want to be said at your funeral? And so... That is where it all begins. That's where it begins. That's, what a, that's where a vision for your life begins. It begins with what do you want to be said? What do you want the end result of your life to be? These are important things because you know what? Death is pretty certain. With, you know, with, with the exception of, you know, if Jesus coming back and there's a rapture or whatever, we're all going to die. We are all going to die unless, unless any of us are lucky here to be Enoched. Read your Bible. And so, you know, well, we're all going to have a funeral. Every single one of us will have a funeral. We're, every single one of us, you know, will be remembered at one time. And what do you want to be remembered for, right? And so, uh, 
a, a vision for your life begins with the end in mind. So we're going to keep working on establishing a vision for your life. And so one thing that I want you to understand about a vision is a vision for your life is built on core values. Okay? What does that mean? What does, you know, what does that mean? A vision for your life is built on core values. One of the most important favors that you can do for yourself <laughs> is to just sit down and write out what's really important to you. Okay? It, it starts with your core values. It starts with what's really super important to you. We all have values. Our values guide our decisions. They guide our, our conduct. They even guide our, our sense of fulfillment, right? In fact, when we act, and we talked about this like a week or two ago, when we act against or not according to our values, it leaves us feeling frustrated, right? That's why you can be rich and miserable, because you have all that you want, but you're not living out what's imp truly important to you. You're not living according to your core values. All right? And so if you're not sure where to start with your core values, if you're not sure, if you're like, what in the world? I have no idea what's important to me. And that's okay. But if you're not sure where to start, think back to some of the times in your life when you felt an incredible sense of fulfillment. That could have been, like, some of you guys at camp. You discovered a core value. You went to camp kicking and screaming, and now we can't get rid of you, right? You're like, because there's just such a sense of fulfillment, a sense of this is right, okay? And so that core value could be, you know, serving others. That core value could be compassion. That core value can be, I mean, just all sorts of things. And so you think back and you go, you go, at this time, I felt such an incredible sense of fulfillment. Maybe it was at Christmas time and you were together with your family, okay? And so you ask yourself, during that time of intense fulfillment, what core values were represented there, okay? So I'm trying to help you guys out. Stay with me. Stay with me, okay? Was it family? Was it a time of creativity? Did you do something creative and you felt really fulfilled in that, in that moment? then core value is probably a, uh, a, a, then creativity is probably a core value for you, okay? Was it serving others? Was it worship? Was it wor during a time of worship and you just felt so fulfilled, okay? Was it in humor? Is it freedom or simplicity? Are those things? And sometimes, you know what, if you're like, I can't even think of anything, you know what, just go online, download a list of core values and go, that one really resonates with me. That one really resonates with me. That one really resonates with me, okay? And so it starts there. It starts there. You guys didn't know I was going to give you work today, did you? But I, listen, I know this sounds like work. It really, you know, uh, and this is something I go, I actually go away and I take a retreat every year to kind of refine these things for myself. But I know it sounds like work, but I can't think of, of anything else that will change the trajectory of your life than, than this, than doing this work. Grabbing an old spiral-bound notebook or sitting there on your computer or whatever and just writing these things out and doing the work. It'll change your life. And so uh, knowing what you truly value is so essential to establishing the vision for your life. So a lot of times you can look at the, the core values, like the two or three that really like grab you by the throat and, and, and you can write a vision statement from that. And so... Uh, lastly, uh, a vision for your life is a work in progress. This is not something that, you know, you're not going to write a vision for your life and like etch it in stone. That's it. 
Because a lot of it, because what happens when you feel like this is totally permanent, it's going to be etched in stone, you start to lock up, right? You start to go, oh, I'm nervous. I, I can't, I don't know. Then you like never do it because you feel like this is going to be something that's like in granite. It's not, okay? It's a work in progress. It's something that you're going to work on. On one hand, I'm saying sit down and work on this. On the other hand, I'm saying don't chisel it in stone. So just, you know, uh, take it with some balance. Like a lot of things that we do in partnership with the Holy Spirit, we have to be patient and let him influence what we're doing. You might write out a vision statement. You might write out your core values, and then a day later the Holy Spirit go, you know what, you forgot one. You know, or you know what, you really don't value that because it is not being lived out in your life anywhere, right? And when it is, you get resentful, okay? <laughs> so, uh, you know, so anyway, uh, be patient. My own personal vision statement is written down in a notebook. It's also a file on my computer. Uh, but I know that even though it guides my decisions, my vision statements guides my decisions, it could change. It could change. It could. But, and it could be tweaked, but uh, it might not be what it is now for 10 years from now, but you know what? I'm going to continue to live like it's the last word. I'm going to continue to live like it's the last word. I'm going to continue to honor it. And so I want to read to you. This is my vision statement. This is, this is my vision statement for my life. So this is kind of personal. You all get a little glimpse into the personal life of myself. And this is my vision statement for me. It is this. My vision is to see people live out God's best for their lives with joy, passion, and freedom. You guys maybe hear some core values in that? Cup, there's some core values in that. Joy is a core value for me. Passion is a core value for me. Freedom is a core value for me, right? Those are all core values. And so my vision is to see people live out God's best for their lives with joy, passion, and freedom. And that's what abundant life looks like to me. Like when I'm in that zone, when I'm doing that, when I'm seeing... Uh, change and transformation in others. I'm seeing people take steps of faith. I'm saying, seeing people, you know, uh, come out of their comfort zone and uh, all those things. That, that, to me, brings the greatest sense of fulfillment. The greatest sense of fulfillment. And so that's my vision statement for my life. And that's what guides my, direct, my decisions, you know, my direction. That, that, that vision statement, uh, at times, has kept me doing what I'm doing when I've wanted to do something else, right? That vision statement has guided my decisions, where I live, all those things. And so uh, I want to encourage you, okay? As we close, I want you just to imagine. In fact, let's just do this really quick. Everybody close your eyes for a second. If you're watching online, close your eyes. I want you to imagine that you are at your own funeral. Like, who's there? Who's at your funeral? What are they wearing? How are they talking? Are they laughing and having fun? Or are they celebrating? Are they mourning? Are they weeping? Who's there? And as you're kind of at your funeral, eavesdropping, what do you hope people are saying about you? As long as they're not saying it's about time, right? What do you hope to hear about yourself? 
What, what do you hope to hear about the kind of person you were? Do you want people to say, oh, he was kind of mean, he was aloof, he was sarcastic? Or do you want people to say, he or she was caring, was patient, was kind? And what, not only what kind of person you were, but what do you want to hear, what do you hope to hear about your accomplishments? He helped us build a school in Haiti. Or she helped us run a camp. Or, you know, what, what about your accomplishments? Wow, he built a business that employed two dozen people in a town where it was hard to get a job. Right? What do you hope to hear about your accomplishments? And then, what do you hope to hear about the difference that you made? What do you hope to hear about the difference you made? Man, that person made such a difference in my life. They told me about Christ. They invited me to some weird church in Old Town. <laughs> what do you want to hear about the difference that you made? Wow. They paid for my son to go help with this camp, and it changed his life. Like, what, what, what difference do you want to make? And then what do you want to be able to say about your life when it's all over? If you were able to stand up and deliver your own eulogy, what is it that you would like to be able to say about your life? Wow. Here's the thing. The good news is that all those things are still attainable. All those things are still attainable. Nothing that you are thinking right now is, is somehow unattainable, it's not out of your reach, it's not over. In fact, you're, you're just beginning, right? Okay? And so, while your eyes are closed, I just want to pray for you, and the worship team can come back. Heavenly Father, I, I pray, God, that we would be people of vision. Lord, your word says that without vision, we perish. Without vision, we cast off restraint. God, I pray that you would help us to be people that are just, just willing to do this work, that are willing to kind of sit down and write out our core values, sit down and write out our vision, God, because without that, God, we will drift. God, I pray that... Uh, you would help us to hear from you, that you would open our ears, that you would remove distractions from our life as we work on this, as we, uh, as we forge and partner with you to develop a vision. Because, Lord, at the end of the day, I know uh, that I want to hear you say, well done. When it's all over with, God, I want to hear you say, you, you used the life I gave you fulfill my purposes in your generation. You did it. You found life abundantly. God, help us to be vision people. Discipline people, God. Let it be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Won't you all stand as we wrap up?
So next week, what we're going to do is we're going to take this to the next level, right? To the, to the next part. And so when you are kind of creating this, this vision for your life, when you are talking about life abundantly, it actually sort of, uh, the best way to describe it is like, uh, like nesting bowls, okay? And you have this great big bowl at the bottom, and it's holding the other bowls, and it's called vision, okay? And then nested inside of that bowl, it's called purpose. And next week, we're going to talk about purpose. And uh, you guys, I think you're going to be surprised. I think you're going to be surprised. We're going to talk about purpose next week, and then we're going to talk about mission. And so I pray you guys stay with me. Stay with me through this. I pray that you do the work. I know it feels a little bit like, you know, like a course. But listen, do the work. Do it with me. It will transform your life. Amen? So here's what we're going to do real quickly before we sing our last song is uh, in our Facebook group, not our page, but in our group. If you begin to feel or sense or write down an inkling of a vision, again, this is a work in progress, this is a whatever. If you feel comfortable, share it with us so that we can pray over it, we can pray with you, we can, we can hold each other accountable to get it done, right? So feel free to share the vision on the Facebook group so that we can be praying with you. And, and it will probably inspire somebody else who's like, I'm kind of stuck. I don't know how to write this. All right? Sound good? All right.